Chapter 1 Elliot Verona, Indiana Thursday, October 15th, 1998 I stepped carefully up the slippery brick walk, wishing my parents had brought me all the way to the door of Chamberlain House instead of dropping me off. Two ancient and inadequate lamps dimly lighted the steps and front door. Drizzling rain and swirling fog made both the ground and the antebellum brick home nearly invisible. As I neared the old home, it rose up out of the mist as if it had not existed until I approached. I reluctantly climbed the steps and knocked on the heavy green door. The door creaked open, and I could see nothing inside but inky darkness. Just when I was on the verge of turning and hurrying back the way I'd come, a light appeared. Hello? My grandmother, whom I'd only seen in photos, stepped up to the threshold while holding an old-fashioned oil lamp. Her eyes locked on me. She didn't seem to recognize me, which didn't surprise me. Grandmother had never seen me in person either. Elliot? I nodded. I wasn't, but then again... Come in, come in. It's a nasty night to be out in the cold rain. We stepped into a long hallway. Doors opened off to both sides and a wide, dark stairway led up to the second floor. Grandmother closed the door and shut out the night and the rain. I apologize for the lack of light. The electricity goes out often, especially in weather like this. The wiring system is rather old, but then everything here is, including me. Grandmother smiled. I liked her smile. It was a kind, generous, and loving smile. An old cranberry glass chandelier came to life overhead, as did smaller hanging lamps in the hallway and in some of the rooms to either side. There. The power is back. At least for a while. You must be chilled. Let's head for the kitchen and I'll put on a tea kettle. Leave your bags in the hall. I dropped my suitcases and slipped my backpack off my shoulder. I followed my grandmother down the hallway, passing ancient sofas and chairs covered with black upholstery that looked uncomfortable to sit on, marble-topped tables, and a scary-looking pump organ that I feared might start playing on its own. "'You live in this big place all alone?' I asked. "'Yes. It was once filled with life, but the family has dwindled over the years and there aren't many of us left. So sad.' So sad, Grandmother said, gazing at me wistfully. We will make the best of things, won't we? Now that you're here, I won't be alone. But then one is never truly alone in this house. What do you mean? Old homes are filled with memories, filled with the past. What once was never truly goes away. Grandmother turned on the lights. I stood in the doorway and stared for a few moments. Not what you're used to, I suppose, Grandmother said with a chuckle. Don't worry. The icebox was replaced with a refrigerator years ago, and there's even a dishwasher. It's not quite so primitive as it appears. The gas stove was put in during the 1920s, but it works as well as the one in your kitchen. We have electric. Gas is better suited to this house, especially with the power. The lights flickered out again. I see what you mean. Grandmother lit a couple more oil lamps, filled a tea kettle at the sink, 
and sat it on the old stove. She turned a knob and blue flames sprang up around the base of the kettle. I pulled out a chair and sat at the oak table. Grandmother hurried over and grabbed up the newspaper that was sitting there. I'll just get this out of the way, she said, and then busied herself getting cups, saucers, and a sugar bowl out of an old cupboard. Everything was so old. The cups and saucers were like none I'd ever seen before. They were decorated with roses that looked as if they had been painted on by hand. I felt as if I'd stepped into another world.'